Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Peter Gabbett Podcast. I'm your host, Peter Timothy Hankst, and today is June 13th, 2020, which means I am on day 182 of 365 promised episodes that brings you unedited, unscripted, improv, news, movies, music, sports, food, entertainment, and all things except politics. First up, folks, I got a birthday shout out to a great friend of mine, an ex-co-worker who I worked with for years at Fox Sports San Diego Grill. Her name is Carmen Benitez. And the one thing that struck me about this gal when I met her is how truly pretty she is. I mean, her face is the face of an angel. She should be a face model for every single cosmetic you can apply on your face. Now, she doesn't even need makeup, but she does her own makeup so perfect that it just accents her natural beauty and it is amazing. Not to mention, she is the sweetest gal you'll ever meet. You know, we haven't always seen eye to eye. Now, she is vegan, doesn't eat meat. I am the biggest carnivore you could imagine. I'm actually chewing on a live animal carcass right now as we speak. No, I'm not. But seriously, we are polar opposites when it comes to the food choices we have. However, we have come to an understanding that we both don't like the same food, but that doesn't mean we can't be friends. And over the years, working at Fox Sports Grill together, we have had many great conversations I've always been able to make her laugh, and for this, I say, happy birthday, Carmen. I hope your day is fantastic, just like you are. Have a great time. Yay! The UFC could be in hot water as one of its colleagues or a person who claims to be a UFC fighter from California shot up a bar in San Antonio. Yes, so apparently this guy and his four friends... There was three girls, one guy, and then the main dude walked up to a bar or nightclub called Rebar Nightclub in San Antonio, Texas. And as they tried to enter, they were denied access on account of being inebriated. The bouncer told them they had to leave. So this guy was not taking that type of an answer from any bouncer. He asked the guy, do you know who I am? I'm a UFC fighter from California. The the bouncer said, I don't care, man. I'm sorry. You guys are really drunk. I can't let you in. So this angry and inebriated supposed UFC fighter from California went to his vehicle, pulled out a rifle, and went back in and began to shoot up the place. Now, apparently seven people got shot in some way by this guy's rifle, including two people who were only grazed and refused medical treatment from five people that went to a hospital but are in stable condition. The worst injury sustained by any of the people shot was a guy who got shot in his back, but it seems like he will probably be okay. But that's no excuse. First off, let me say one thing. If you are a UFC fighter, then you do not roll with a gun Because you can beat anyone's ass at any time. So there's no point. You don't need the gun. Second, 
Why would you just not put the bouncer in an omoplata and then stroll on in? You know, why wouldn't you just put the bouncer in some kind of a, you know, guillotine choke until you pass him out and then walk right by? Why would it come to the point where you would need to pull out a rifle? Not to mention, if you're not from that state, you're from California, then what are you doing driving around in a truck with a rifle anyway? You crossed state lines with a gun that was only licensed in the state you're from or perhaps not licensed at all. Well, that's going to be an even worse charge. Regardless, we don't know who this man is yet, but word will get out soon. And if he is a current or ex-UFC fighter, you can guarantee he ain't never going to fight for them again. Well, folks, speaking of UFC, tonight is a fight night live on ESPN Plus that starts with preliminary fights at 4 and the main card at 6. Who's headlining the main card? Another female fight. The last card that was headlined last week on a Saturday was a female fight as well, and it was a pay-per-view event. Of course, it was Amanda Nunes, the greatest female fighter of all time in any MMA form of sport ever. And she demolished Felicia Spencer, as we all saw. Although Spencer lasted all five rounds, which was incredible. But today it's going to be Jessica I against Cynthia Calvillo. Now that should be a good battle as well. But there's some good preliminary fights too. And a lot of these fighters are unknown. They're not, you know, they're not fan favorites, if you will. But sometimes in positions like this, where they know they have to show up to the highest possible degree in order to impress Dana White and get their spot in a better opportunity to win a belt in their weight class, they show us some incredible talent and amazing fights, and I expect that to be the case today. So if you want to see some live sports, flick on ESPN+, Plus, prelims at 4, main event at 6, and you will be satisfied, I guarantee Every time I've seen a UFC, I've gotten satisfied because who doesn't like seeing two people beat the absolute crap out of each other? I mean, that's not something I want to do to anyone else, and I don't want anyone else to do that to me, but it is something I can't look away from. So UFC tonight, check it out, ESPN+. Plus. You'll be happy you did. I knew I never liked Kyrie Irving as a person. Great player, fun to watch, hate him as a person, and here's why. He does ridiculous crap all the time, including his latest stupid choice of trying to gain momentum with the other players to boycott the end of the NBA season, which we've waited so long for it to happen. Yes, he wants everyone to deny playing the last eight games that they're going to start playing on July 30th and avoid going to the postseason at all, and just scrap the whole season on account of this whole civil unrest across the country, as well as the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, how about this, Kyrie Irving? Since you're injured and you got surgery on your shoulder in February and you're not going to play anyways, you shut the hell up because I want to watch basketball. And so does every other person who likes sports across the entire United States. 
You're trying to take that away from us because you don't feel that they should play because you think that everything's messed up right now. Well, who cares what you think? Now, he got like a whole bunch of players on a conference call with him, up to 50, they said, to try and convince them all to abandon the NBA season for which most thought about it or had some sort of input, but I'm pretty sure the majority of them decided, nope, we're not going to do that. Why would we jump on board with a guy who wants us to abandon the NBA season only because he can't play because he's injured and his team is garbage? Yeah, well, I'm sorry, Kyrie. Get out of here with that BS. Even LeBron James said he's not going to abandon this year's season. And I don't like LeBron James either, but the guy, as much as he usually gives up when he doesn't care, he's not giving up this time, and I respect that. You know who I don't respect? Kyrie Irving. Well, it's happening here too, folks. It looks like in the city of Chula Vista, which is right next door to me in Imperial Beach here in the South San Diego Bay, they have taken down a Christopher Columbus statue in preparation for a protest to have it removed. They're going to store it somewhere else. Now, this statue itself has a lot of history behind it, but Christopher Columbus does as well. Now, it's not like we don't know that through history, there were a lot of scumbags and scummy things that happened. But that's exactly what it's called, is history. If we don't preserve history and we do not understand it, then we won't know which mistakes were made and which ones we shouldn't make again. Now, it's, it's common knowledge at this point to not have things like slavery and genocide and conquest. That's common knowledge. But some other aspects to Christopher Columbus, you know, supposedly finding North America for the Spaniards, does not technically lie under the category of racism and hatred and just killing people for his own agenda. There are things at play here that we must always remember, and that is discovering a new land and expanding mankind's knowledge of geography and the planet itself and the globe and understanding that the earth is round and that you can take a ship from one side of an ocean to another and land on a different piece of land. I mean, all these things that we're wiping from the face of the planet have significant historical value. And not everything is racist. You can't just take away every idea of a confederacy in the United States and say that the Civil War never happened. It did happen. And I know the South fought against the North because they wanted to keep some of their rules and laws in place, including the ability to have slaves. But what about the, the remembrance of the fact that an entire North side of the country fought for the freedom of the slaves? Isn't that an important thing to remember? And to be able to remember that they fought, there has to be somebody they fought against, who you also must remember. And that was the Confederacy. So if you wipe out every statue of a Confederate soldier in the South, 
And you're like, let's take all these down because that's racism. It doesn't make any sense. You're taking away the memory we have of the fact that we fought to make sure everyone had freedom. Now, the Christopher Columbus statues and all that, that doesn't bother me as much because I personally believe the Vikings knew about North America long before Christopher Columbus did. They just didn't name it and didn't conquer an area of it and didn't remain here each time. They just exploited some resources and kept going back to Europe. But regardless of any of that, wiping out statues of people and historical documents and understanding of history itself because you think it is racist is a very detrimental thing to the knowledge of society and in order to avoid repeating itself they always say history repeats itself well it will if you take away our knowledge of the past so that we can't make the same mistakes come on people let's think about this for a minute now i don't know about y'all but when i heard about the boring tunnel in Las Vegas, under the convention center, that would take one single electric Tesla vehicle from one end to the other for whatever price. I thought it was the stupidest idea ever. I just thought, how much of a waste of everything is this? I mean, build like a mass transit scenario. Don't just have one electric vehicle going at a maximum speed of like 60 miles an hour from one side of the tunnel to the other. I guess it's probably for like special celebrities or high profile people that don't want to be anywhere near anyone else. And that's why it was it exists. But it looks like there are now contracts underway for these same boring tunnels. And I say boring not because they are not fun and exciting, because they aren't. But the company's called Boring and it's owned by Elon Musk, of course. And... Multiple other Vegas casinos and businesses have asked to get plans accepted in applications for additional boring tunnels leading to the Las Vegas Convention Center. Now, we know the Vegas Convention Center expansion is happening. It's going to be huge. And so people will want to travel to and from specific locations regarding the Convention Center without traffic or using the Vegas monorail, or any of that other stuff. But this is ridiculous. The Wynn, Wynn Resorts and Casino, you might know it as Encore and Wynn, those big, I think, ugly, but are fancier, more high-profile casinos with, you know, overpriced drinks, are attempting to get a boring tunnel from their casinos to the Las Vegas Convention Center, which is like a, like a mile or less from one to the other. So, I mean, just walk. Come on. Take a taxi. Now you're going to pay what they say will only be about five bucks to have a Tesla vehicle drive you there. I mean, how many people are even going to be able to fit in that vehicle? Two or three? So if you're in a group of 10 people and you want to ride this thing, they have to wait for it to come back and then take them again? None of this makes sense to me. I don't even know why it's existing. Uh, But apparently it's popular enough that even the brand new, not even finished being built yet casino called Resorts World by a Malaysian, you know, casino company 
That's supposed to be an Asian-themed one, you know, right there, smack dab on the strip, is paying as well and hoping their application gets accepted to get a boring tunnel from their casino to the Las Vegas Convention Center for about the same price per ride. They say 3 to $5, which is about the same price as riding the monorail. Wouldn't it be more money? Wouldn't you charge like 50 bucks? It's an exclusive ride. You know, like who's really, how are you going to make money paying just millions of dollars to have these tunnels get built and charge one or two people every 10 or 15 minutes, three or five bucks to take them, you know, a hop, skip and a jump from the casino to the Vegas Convention Center. I mean, I'm not understanding the economic side of this. Why does it exist? What is the deal here? It doesn't make sense to me. Is this some secret thing where he's truly going to come out later on and say, all right, I'm going to make a giant train that goes through these tunnels and scrap the idea of the single rider, you know, Tesla, con, you know, coupe or whatever it is that goes through the tunnel at like maybe at maximum 50 or 60 miles an hour. I mean, this is stupid. Don't get me wrong, I am on board with a lot of Elon Musk's ideas. Some of them are great. Some of them are stupid. And this is one of them. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for the portion of the Peter Gabbett podcast that I'm sure you've all been waiting for. And that is Real Stories, brought to you by Peter Timothy Hankst and Barbecusion. Today, folks, I am going to tell you the story about when... I got a party thrown for me as a welcome to Arizona when I went there to visit a friend, and I I hated it. I was pissed. So get this. I, long ago, had a friend named Fat Ryan. Many of you know him. For those who don't, he was fat, and he pretty much had low self-esteem, so he accepted the name Fat Ryan, which we gave him that title of as soon as he moved to our neighborhood in Cross Creek in Aloha, Oregon which is basically between Beaverton and Hillsborough on the west side of Portland. So, I meet this guy, I'm his friend, we spend years together, and as we grow into adults, Fat Ryan becomes more and more of a skinny Ryan as he gets deeper and deeper into drugs, starting with Oxycontin, then moving on to cocaine and meth, to the point where I couldn't be his friend anymore because he was on drugs. But before he fully got to the point where he was drugged out, he actually had a baby with a girl by the name of Crystal. Now this girl, she's not like Brian. She is a successful, hard worker who now obviously currently takes care of her child and she's a fantastic mother, an amazing gal. But Fat Ryan, he, for a hop, skip, and a jump of a moment, wanted to try and be a father figure. So, you know, he kind of put the drug life on hold. He still dabbled here and there, but he tried to be a father figure. Unfortunately for him, he had been facing so many charges in the state of Oregon that his only choice in his mind to have a good life would be to pack up and run from his problems and move to Arizona. So he, Crystal, and his child packed up and left and moved to Arizona and... I thought I would never see him again. To be honest, I was like, there's nothing that's going to bring me out to Arizona. I don't want to go there. At the time, I lived in Oregon, which was far enough away to make me believe I would never go. But then my oldest brother, Paul, decided to move, he and his wife, 
to Arizona, and this was before they had children. They thought they were going to start a life in a place called Mesa. Now, I've told some half of this story before because miraculously, my brother Paul ended up moving to like the same exact street in the same exact suburb of Phoenix as Fat Ryan did. But that's not the point of the story. The point of the story is when I went to visit my brother Paul and went to check in on my friend Fat Ryan, I showed up at Fat Ryan's house. It was probably a Tuesday night or something. And as I walk up to his house, I see a ton of cars in his driveway, around his house, on his street. And I'm thinking, well, maybe they're there for like his neighbor or something. Or maybe just has a few additional vehicles I didn't know about. Whatever. So I go in. I knock on the door. And I can hear partying going down in his house. He opens the door. And everyone goes crazy. Because he threw a welcoming party for me with all his new friends from Arizona. But what he didn't understand was that I don't give a crap about all those people. I wasn't there to see them. I don't want a party of a bunch of people I don't know thrown for me as I arrive to visit somebody in another state. That's the last thing I want. Because I just got off of a plane, and I'm not, you know, myself. I'm not in my element. I don't have the things around me that make me feel confident. And I'm now going into a house full of what we call zonies from Arizona. House full of zonies who are all intoxicated, most of which seemed like your typical Arizona State University pill-popping, wannabe center-of-the-universe douchebags, and they completely were. And within 20 minutes of being there, I demanded that he make everyone leave. I mean, there's people snorting rails of oxys off of his countertops. There's people doing shotguns of beers in his backyard like they were 16 or 17 again. There's people that could not possibly have been even a day over the age of 18, just plastered drunk, lying around his house here and there, and just, I did not want any part of this. At that time, we were like, 21 or 22 and I'm like man this type of stuff needs to end like how old are you buddy you're having like a high school party at your house for the arrival of me on a Tuesday night in Arizona get these people out of here so he did I'm not gonna lie he he heeded to my demands and told every person in his house to get the hell out and I'm not gonna lie there were some girls there and they were attractive I was surprised as hell because, typically speaking, Fat Ryan was not the popular guy. You know, in our old neighborhood in Oregon, we all picked on him. He was, you know, not the cool kid. We were, and he wanted to be like us. But somehow, some way, after years of prepping him for the real world by showing him what wasn't cool and what was, and getting him to at least a closer level to our standard of coolness... He moved to a place where he was the coolest person there. It was mind-blowing to me. I couldn't believe that all these people looked up to him in such a way that they threw caution to the wind on a Tuesday and decided to just get blasted at his house. And when he told them to get the hell out, they listened without even being upset, packed up and bounced and said, Oh, call us tomorrow, Ryan. We'll see you next week, bro. We'll see you at work, all this. He had a house full of people 
that thought he was the coolest dude ever. And then I realized why. It was because he was so extreme with things like drinking and using drugs and smoking weed. Like all of us were in our old neighborhood. We took everything to the highest and most extreme level. But this guy went to a neighborhood of people that were fresh from suburban living, you know, with Christian parents that wanted to have a cheaper lifestyle in a place that was a new neighborhood and, you know, had high hopes for their kids who weren't partiers yet. You know, they were all good kids and then they met Fat Ryan. So they all looked up to him because he was so deeper into that lifestyle than they had even thought about being. And they thought he was the coolest, which was just mind-blowing to me. I mean, picture like the douchiest of all douches from your neighborhood going to a place where everyone thinks he's the coolest. I, I couldn't believe it. So I got all these people out of his house, and I started to talk to him man to man. I was like, hey, man, you have a child now. You came here for a new beginning. And here you are with a house full of drug-addicted douchebag Arizona State University zonies that are trying to party it up, drinking Keystone Light and all that nasty beer, and just thinking they were so cool with him. Most of them, like, well below his age, which was also embarrassing. I mean, if I'm 22, I'm not going to throw a party and invite a bunch of young teeny boppers that were hosts and servers at, my, at the bar I worked at, which is what he did. So, either way, I tried to give him a lecture, and what did he do? He offered me some oxy which I declined, of course, because I don't do drugs. And he started doing drugs in front of me, and that's when I finally realized nothing could possibly change Fat Ryan. Whether he was in one state or another, with all new people around him, he was and will forever be a lifetime drug addict. And to this day, sadly, he is highly addicted to drugs somewhere, and I have never spoken to him again for probably the last 10 whole years. After all that being said, folks, I must say the lesson to be learned here is already known to all of you listeners. Do not be friends with a drug addict. Nothing will change with them. Wait for them to either hit rock bottom on their own and change or say goodbye because you don't want to witness their death. Thank you very much for listening to the Peter Gabbett Podcast today, folks. It means the world to me to have listeners like you. I appreciate each and every one of you, and I hope you have a wonderful day, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Now, folks, to commemorate the fact that every party I went to, especially with Fat Ryan, his intentions were specific, to get as high or as drunk as he possibly could. To commemorate that, here is a song called Flesh by Atmosphere. Because when I was with Fat Ryan, I knew that he came there to sniff some coke. Like all the rest Cuts 
thought about how the couple dollars in my pocket could have doubled as a dollar. Taller than most, but never tower over. I don't know if I trust the rocket sense of my shoulders. I waste time by talking to the drummer. The world was mine, I give it to my baby's mother. One for the Cuervo, two for the Lyman. Spill the girl and get that one. So murderous, insane, verbalist, let throat Kill women and children, feminine, weak type, hold with a leash Beat a brother down in the middle of the street with police watching Full of various toxins, other than a slave when he's boxed in I bring clocks in, C4 with the clocks in To wake your function and bubble like a lunch We've been listening to the vermin, squirming Trying to find a way to get the words in Twisted space, through a missile at the middle of existence Missed it and hit its face, that's my place Give it back, didn't react, too busy choking on the fat Follow for now Swallow you spit, you velvet, you get ripped If the gab is Mike gets grabbed Life gets dragged like racist Lipstick on men's faces Complacent as a passive racist Path is makeshift Glass knife, aim for the facelift I wanna break shit, run up and take shit I can't take it, running in a spaceship Escapism, great living Yo man, how you doing man? Yeah, I'm chill, I'm chill You look like you're doing pretty no, good really, man I'm not doing that well though I could borrow a Nah, you can't borrow shit We came here Slit your throat You came here to sniff some coke Kingdoms fall like all the rest Cuss through soul and cuss through flesh Can I run up in your settlement? Should I change you like the government? Burn rhymes like sniffing on double men Make bubbles that I throw all suckers in Bourgeois brothers talk about suffering Burn rubber and a silver DeLorean We aim to win, made the end Fraudulent style, but you play them again The face card, mimic of an action Figure, embedded in the task can. Last man on an ocean of sweat On a path to the sun, how close can you get? Must be high off the cost of living The life of rhythm, get lost in the vision Toss that fish in the lake of snakes Self and slug came and caught the brakes Hell been through it Jail scene, melanin brothers, white chalk on pale. It's all good, so tap the pale L. Half 50 G sent straight in the mail. I keep that on stock for all hard rocks. We'll camouflage stones on. Don't stop, cause your song's on. You can crib walk a fall dead straight on a futon. I got screws gone, members of my crew gone. In the center, busting off to the moon's gone. I'm too strong, dealing with snakes on the regular. Take 10 shots in the juggernaut. Come on! Order the special, I dare you. Get served that will that kills your character. Cutting at the beams with a hacksaw. On a camel's back, pulling yak through the last straw. I'm glad you're made it. Now let's see how far we can take it. Already heard that joke about how shit floats. Now get off the mic and get off the coke. We came here to slit your throat. You came here to sniff some coke. Kingdoms fall like all the rest. Cuts through soul and cuts through flesh. We came here to slit your throat. You came here to sniff some coke. Kingdoms fall like all the